0: So students, we've already been told that we will be successful in our mission, that God is going to go get those sheep. He's going to expand his kingdom. And that means the gates of hell will get smaller. So that's what I'm calling us to do, to boldly storm the gates of hell with the beautiful truth of the gospel, trusting in him. We are called to be faithful, right? We need to plant and water, 1 Corinthians says, but God is the only one who gives the growth. So we let go of that. That's not up to us. We're trusting God with the growth. We just need to be faithful.
1: Hey, well, welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation till every student has heard. Hey, last week we had such a great week with Greg Steer, founder of Dare to Share, talking to us about the power of the gospel, the need to share the gospel, and what can happen when students are unleashed to do that very thing. And what a great episode that was. If you missed it, make sure to tune in. I I never cease to be encouraged towards bold proclamation of the gospel by Greg and his amazing ministry uh, at Dare to Share. So check that out. And of course, as you do, I think you'll find like me, we need boldness from the Lord if we're going to be people who are sharing our faith uh, as we know Christ calls us to uh, and even Greg challenged us to last week. And so to help us talk about this topic of being people of boldness today, I'm so excited to have Andy Custer join us. Andy, thanks for being on the show today. My man, I feel like this is what I was born for. I'm so stoked to be with you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I think it's what you were born for, too. So, hey, let's help people get to know Andy for a minute before we dive into the Word together. You're going to actually help us. Uh, Andy shared a message with our students uh, a couple months ago from Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5 on boldness, and that's what we're going to get into a little bit later in the show. Uh, But first, we'd love for Andy you just to help students get to know you. uh, Tell everybody, where did you grow up, and what was it like growing up where you grew up? Uh, so I was
0: born at a very young age. I'm kind of unique that way. Uh, in Austria, which is where my parents happened to be church planners at the time. And growing up there as a missionary kid was awesome. I, w- I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. If you've seen the sound of music and you'd know those mountains, that's, that's
1: my backyard. That's where I grew up. And did you go singing through the mountains like, uh, Maria did? Only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays. Okay, so uh, Andy and I were actually missionary kids together. We were in the same organization. We were just one country away, and then we went to high school together uh, in Germany. So Andy and I have known each other since uh, middle school, uh, but we decided to work together anyway, and it's been really a fun thing to be doing that. Uh, Andy, you might have been singing when you were snowboarding down the mountains. Tell us about some of your hobbies there in Austria.
0: Oh, man, absolutely. Uh, So growing up there, the whole world felt just like a a playground. If it was dangerous or it gave me energy, like, I did it. I loved it. So, yeah, I grew up skiing and snowboarding, played soccer, did tons of hiking. Uh, I loved to do actual mountain biking, like, down these cliffs and these ravines. Uh, it was really awesome. I loved inline rollerblading, aggressive rollerblading. I would hit those half pipes. This was before helmets were cool, by the way. So we'd wear the helmet when mom's looking, but then you weren't, you know, this is back in the day. Uh, but just loved, loved growing up around castles and we had a castle in our, in our backyard almost. So we would go hike the walls and just play in the ruins and, and just loved being outside. Uh, my parents had this rule that I could only watch as much television as I read. So needless to say, I didn't watch a lot of television. Man. I was outside. <laughs> Uh, live, living it up.
1: So that didn't inspire more reading. That just inspired more uh, more snowboarding. <laughs>
0: exactly. More snowboarding almost every day. Yeah.
1: Well, it worked out okay for you. So good good for that. So, okay. We're going to talk about boldness today, but uh, tell us about first just your, how did you come to know the Lord and what was it like growing up in Austria public schools? And maybe even what were some of these early spiritual influences in your life?
0: Yeah, man, gosh, there's a lot of great questions. Yeah. Um, often when I speak to students, I share my testimony. I started this way that uh, God saved me out of a life of of sex and, and drugs and alcohol. My life was dark. That that's had consumed me. That's everything. My life was revolving around those things. But then at the age of four, his gracious gospel saved me. And you know, Mark, I, I used to share that because I, I was almost like a little bit embarrassed about my testimony. I wish it was more glamorous. I wish that I could talk about all these things that God had saved me from. But over the years, man, I've just fallen in love with the fact that that my testimony is a story of how God's grace has kept me from most of those things, right? How it was a grace that was given to me that I didn't have to go through that and that he called me at an early age. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, several influences, I mean, so I grew up in Austria, I was involved in public schools there and, and the message I would receive in Austrian public schools was, Andy... You're too stupid. I mean, they would tell me that almost every day. Andy, you're too stupid. You're never going to amount to anything. Do not even try. The only way that you're going to get ahead in life, Andy, is if you learn to cheat. And so I took that advice seriously and I learned to cheat. I got really good at cheating. If I had spent as much time studying as I did working on like how to cheat, I think I would have done better. But that's just the message that I was received with. I have ADHD and I have another learning disabilities. And and they just told me I'm never going to amount to anything. And so that's that was reinforced to me really, really early on. But in the Austrian system, uh, culturally, things are very different. Uh, Students are encouraged to be sexually active by the time they're 13, and most girls are put on the pill at that age. And so one of the only things that distinguished me from my non-Christian friends was that I wasn't sexually active. And everyone knew that. And there was this challenge to try to get me to become that way. And um, because I was living a a real like double-minded life, a dualistic life that I think a lot of our students can relate to, where I was one way at home and one way at church, but then. When I was out with my peers, I, man, I pretty much blended in because I didn't want to be different. I was the only Christian, not only in my school or in my town, but in my state, Bible-believing, gospel-focused, Christ-honoring teenager. And so it wasn't until I attended Black Forest Academy, the boarding school that you and I both went to in Germany, where for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by Christians who were sincere about their faith. In fact, the very first day um, there, French one, I sat next to this really pretty girl, uh, ooh-la-la her name is Jen and I ended up marrying her. And I didn't quite make that decision there freshman year, but what was so attractive to me about Jen is she, she sincerely loved Jesus. Like she, she wasn't just saying it, like she meant it. And so for me, it was a huge time of, of shifting from renting my parents' faith, which I think a lot of teenagers do. And when you rent and something goes wrong, it's their problem, right? But when I went to, to boarding school, I had to decide, am I gonna own this faith for my own? And seeing people like Jen um, really, really shaped that in me, wanting to own my faith. Um, and actually your brother, uh, David and, um, Mark Bricado, remember them? We did the Basel outreaches. Were you involved with those? I sure was. Dude. So that, okay. So we, we, small little school in Germany, right? But we would take a handful of students across the border into a major city in Switzerland. And we would do street evangelism. I mean, I still hear that turn around song and I, I can see the skits. Do <laughs> you remember? Yeah, dude. So I remember those. And that was so impactful to me. These were a couple of seniors who saw me as a freshman and said, hey, come do this with us. And they called me up into more. And that was the beginning of exploring this gifting um, and this desire to, to see lost people reach with the gospel. So that was a huge influence. And then as I got going on in ministry and, and through Moody and, and ended up pastoring, my friend Andrew Peterson is a tremendous influence on me. Just to have a partner in ministry, someone who I could be safe and honest with, but who called me up into more and challenged me and wasn't afraid to call me out uh, on the many mistakes we made early on in ministry. But but yeah, those are some of the factors and some of the key um, influences in my life that moved me from renting my faith to owning my faith.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, those Basel outreaches were great, going out on the streets oh, there in Switzerland, talking to people about the Lord. And man, you get hit yeah. with tough questions. I mean, the the Western European crowd, for anybody that doesn't know, can be can be pretty tough. I mean, just a lot of people that yes, man, their their view has been there, done that, not interested in God at all. Totally post Christian. You're right. But also getting a chance to talk to people from all over the world, and and yeah, actually, yeah, I have to deal with some of the hard shutdowns and. I mean, here we were, 15, 16-year-olds trying to talk to sometimes 60, 70, 80-year-old, you know, uh, They're sitting there smoking while they're talking to us. (laughs) And uh, that's baptism Uh, by fire in a way, but what a great time. And, yeah, your your claim to fame sure is. I don't know how you talked that Jen uh, Custer into marrying you, but you sure did a good job on that one.
0: Dude, uh, she took one for the team, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no no, no joke. Uh, And the fact that we get to do ministry, she, you know, works, for those who don't know, uh, it works for Decision Point as well. She works in HR. Um, and they asked her like, hey, do you want to do you want to partner with Andy? Do you want to do campus ministry? And I think she said something along the lines of I'd rather put a campfire out with my face, but if there's anything else I can do. And so this HR spot has just been perfect for her. Like she's thriving in it and, and I think has helped us in a lot of ways doing what she's doing. But yeah, I'm super stoked that she said yes and that we've been together since we were yeah in high school.
1: Well, it's amazing to hear you guys got two great kids of your own now. Okay, so now uh, campus ministry, student ministry is a huge part of your family history. I I knew you growing up, and I knew your folks growing up, but I didn't actually realize this part of your family's story until your dad was here in our office like a year ago. Can you just tell us the? I mean, the the role that somebody sharing Christ with high school students played in your in a way that shaped your family trajectory for generations to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you're a young person or even an old person listening to this thinking, man, there's not much I can do. Like, I, I don't have a lot of friends or there, there's not a ton of influence I can have for the gospel. Let me tell you this story. So it, it, in, in December 28th uh, in 1970, there was a guy, his name was Jay Lorenzen, who had this profound burden for his friends. And so Uh, What he did is he invited 11 of his buddies, basically the best of the basketball team over to a home and, and for an FCA meeting. And they shared the gospel with 11 guys who'd never heard it before. They all thought, okay, that's a little strange, no decisions, nothing, but they all agreed to come back the next week. And so a week later on January 4th, 1971, again, the gospel was presented and 11 guys who had previously not been walking with Jesus, every one of them gave their heart to the Lord that day. Wow, that's crazy, right? 100% of people accepting the gospel. They were all given the challenge to go home and read the Bible and then come back the next week. And so my dad actually read the entire Bible in those two weeks. He's like, what is going on? What is happening here? But they all invited a friend. So now they've got on January 11th, they've got 24 guys sitting there together.
1: Okay, so just every- to be clear, your dad's one of these 11 guys. One of the 11. received Christ. Yep.
0: Yep. He's like, what is going on? And so he invited a friend because everyone had to invite a friend. So they all invited one more friend. And then again, on that day, the 12 new students who showed up all accepted Christ. So 24 believers here after two weeks of meeting together. Now what's crazy is this was you know early January, now this was their senior year, but by graduation on that year, there were over 350 students at that high school who'd put their faith and trust in Jesus, and it began to change a generation. not many of those. Yeah, it's incredible, right? And just one, and it's all because one guy said, "I love my friends and I want them to know Jesus." That's it. That's how it started. So if you're sitting here going, "I can't do anything," oh my word, my man, my girl, you can. It takes one person. And so many of those people ended up in full-time ministry. It was incredible. My dad's story, God called him into ministry while he was playing football at the University of Nebraska. And in 1971, they won a national championship. And when God called him to ministry, he left football behind. He left all that behind and, and head on, uh, pursued head on this, this idea that people need to know about Jesus because Jay, Papa Jay we call him, because Jay was willing to share his faith with my dad. If he hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here on your podcast. And how lame would that be? So, I'm that grateful be, that, 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 that that's really how things went.
1: <laughs> We'd be stuck with just me today. Mm. Uh, but that's amazing. I mean, your folks serve the Lord faithfully in, in Austria and then in, in global leadership roles at World Ventures. So, what an amazing thing. And now you and your kids, I mean, there's no telling the generations that'll be shaped because of Jay. So, anyway, we want to talk about right. boldness today. Uh, you're seeing some students there in Colorado where you're serving with decision point already demonstrating some just huge boldness can you just brag on some of the students there in Colorado for a minute
0: yeah but I'm gonna try to keep it to three even though oh, there's all, right, many, all, right, many, all right many, you know so here so so bear with me uh, so at the beginning of this this year um, I started in May May 1st but before that I was kind of getting a feel for decision point and they were getting a feel for me Mark were trying to figure out if we can you know rekindle the magic from middle school. Uh, and, and so I, there was a, 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 school here that was already holding a decision point outreach because Kathy, one of our amazing coworkers was coaching these students from afar who had come to our, our, leadership conference and had caught the vision. And so we're launching clubs here in the Springs. So I wanted to go check it out. And I heard Isaiah, uh, one of our, our, our former students share his testimony and he was sharing boldly. I mean, he was, he was saying stuff. I don't think most people that ever heard him share that he'd spoken out loud, but just as powerful standing up in front of his, 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 um, his entire community sharing his testimony and shared about some of the struggles he'd gone through and some of the the ways that God has empowered him to change. Well, fast forward to about a week later, he was in the bathroom. And, uh, if you're a high school student, you know, the bathroom is where you go to vape. Sometimes you go to the bathroom there, but that's where you go and hang out and get your hit. Right? So he was in there and a number of students who always met up in there were in there. And one guy offered a friend of his, the vape. And he said, no, I, I don't want to do that anymore. And he's like, okay. So Isaiah's washing his hands. The other guys walked out, but this kid looks to Isaiah and goes, Isaiah, like, I, can you help me destroy this vape? And, and Isaiah's like, sure, dude. But why do you want to do that? And he's like, because I, I, I've seen that you can change, and if if, if God and the gospel can give you power to change your life. I, I want to be set free from this as well. And so Isaiah, this dude who boldly stood up in front of us, and he was nervous, man, but stood up in front of his school, was able to be a part of, of this friend's journey towards freedom that can be found in the gospel. And this kid was wearing a Decision Point t-shirt that he was given that day. And then Isaiah said he'd worn it for like six days straight. It was like, time to change it, bro. But this guy wanted to go all in with Jesus. And so practically, what did that look like? It looked like saying no to some of those sinful patterns that he'd been falling in all of his life. So... Super stoked about Isaiah.
1: Landon, well, I hope the is kid's still wearing the T-shirt. There's nothing wrong you with might, six dude, months straight. It, it
0: might be. He might, might just be disintegrating. When it disintegrates, put on another one. But another student I want you to know about is Landon. So Landon also came to the Student Leadership Conference last summer and caught the vision for it and came back and spent most of the year trying to start a club at his school, but... The administration was not having it. They just weren't going to do it. So they canceled all clubs because his club, they didn't want his club to exist. So no clubs can exist and weird stuff like that. But there was a um, an administrative shift this year. But again, Landon came this summer and just got so clearly put on his heart. He's like, I will be walking in disobedience if I do not step out in faith and seek to start a Christian club. The Lord had put it so clearly on his heart. And so he did. He started this club and this time pushed against administration again, but was able to go. And in fact, uh, I just found out a couple of weeks ago that he started running his club while he was waiting for permission. He was waiting. He was waiting. And he's like, I'm done waiting. We're doing it. Tuesday, We're doing it. Everybody, everybody showed up and and it's been incredible because we've got a great lead coach. Um, shout out to Riley, one of our uh, part time guys who works with us for Decision Point has been coaching with him and meets with him every week. So um, making sure that he's set up and prepared for these lessons. But Landon has been writing his own content because Landon believes that God might be calling him to full-time ministry through this. So we get to explore this with Landon while he's in a safe space to fail and we're working with him. But it's just been so cool to see this student go, I must, I cannot but speak about what God has done in my life. So super proud for Landon starting up this club, even though there's been some opposition against it. But I also want to talk about Holmes Middle School. My daughter, Ellie, she's a seventh grader there. And when I first took this job, she's like, oh man, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? Like, nope, we're going to be dad. So we just prayed and stepped back, knowing she was an evangelist. We've known this since she was like five years old. But she came to our student leadership conference because you invited her, Hobson. She saw the video you sent and she was, she was glad to receive your invitation. She was there for five minutes and went, I found my people. Because she had lost a lot of friends this, this at the end of last year because of her stance for her faith. Because she was not wanting to give into a lot of these other things. And so she was standing alone. And at this conference, she was surrounded with students from across the country who've all been willing to stand alone. Every one of them has suffered hardships for Christ, and they actually believe that he's worth it. And so Ellie, kind of like I saw this in Jen, she saw this in these students, and God lit a fire in her to start a club. So she comes back, fast forward, she talks to her homeroom teacher and says, hey, I really feel that like God is leading me to, to start a club. I know you're a believer. Would you be willing to sponsor this? And this guy says, My daughter, who's an eighth grader here, has been so profoundly burdened by God to start a Christian club. You guys should connect. No kidding. And then no crazy, right? And then there's this other lady who's been working on forming a club there too. So there were three three individual efforts of wanting to see a Christian gospel focused presence on their on their campus, right? And so instead of trying to start three clubs, what we did is we combined them. I mean, John 17's prayer, right? Like they will see our unity and they will know that God loves them. So we've been able to form one new club with three different uh, groups coming together and these students are owning it. And it's just such an obvious sign that God has gone way before us here in Colorado Springs and has put these pieces in place. And so to get to watch these young seventh and eighth graders uh, start this club and lead their peers and share the gospel has been something I'm extremely proud of. That's yeah, been really cool. But last shot I want to say is to Tim, um, one of our youth pastors here in town at Rocky Mountain Calvary. He's done an amazing job, having come to our, our leadership conferences the last couple of years, of instilling in his yeah. ministry the ethos of needing to go and show, take Jesus out to the world, not just invite non-Christians in, but what does it look like to take Jesus? And so they've done several witnessing initiatives and some trainings, but what started by him as this witness outing has now been taken over by students who've taken upon themselves on Sunday after church, anywhere from 7 to 15, 15 students go witnessing every single Sunday. They like to engage with a homeless community. They go to the park and engage with some of the athletes. They go wherever they can, spending their own money on food and resources and Bibles and books so that they can share what God has done with them into their community. So God is really already at work in Colorado Springs in some tremendous ways, burdening students with the call that he's given us to go and love and seek the lost. So super stoked. Thankful you for Tim and what they're doing at Rocky Mountain Calvary.
1: Tim's amazing. Your students are amazing. And I know we're praying this is just the beginning. I mean, I know we're just so grateful that the Lord brought you here with a vision and a burden for like all the Rocky Mountains and beyond. So we can't wait to see how God's going to spread this uh, throughout your region. I'm just
0: trying to stay out of the way, man. Like if I don't mess it up, it's God's doing it. I'm just excited to be on the
1: team. Hey, the fundamental rule of leadership is don't mess it up, right? Don't mess it up. (laughs) True. True. Well, hey, we want to talk about boldness. Uh, You know, I think um, as we think of the boldness that, you know, we're seeing students like Isaiah have or Landon or Ellie or youth leaders like Tim or his students that you just described, uh, I think we can have some misconceptions about it. I mean, we can think sometimes maybe it's just a personality trait. Oh, easy for Andy to be bold. He's, you know, he's one of them bold types. Or, uh, another one I think we can have is that, oh, boldness, well, that that's really just being abrasive or arrogant, uh, or that if we're somehow bold, um, that that's just going to be a turnoff to people. Uh, I don't know, Andy, from your perspective, what would you say to anybody that's kind of dealing with some of those misconceptions as they think about the, just the concept of boldness?
0: Well, you know, I love one of the things that I've, I've heard you say before, that, that boldness is like the courage to speak when, when I'm tempted to keep silent, right? Or, or when I'm uncertain about things. And a lot of us think, well, I can't be bold, I'm afraid. Man, let me tell you, boldness and fear, like those things go together. They're like made for each other. That's an opportunity right. to be bold be because we're afraid, right? And I Why know do I've we need that. boldness
1: I mean, if there's not fear, right?
0: Exactly. Right. I mean, totally, totally. And, and the mission is important and it's scary and it's daunting. And so it's, it's appropriate for us to have some fear, some humble fear where we depend on God to do the work, Right. where where it's not on us. Um, But one of the things I think is really important when when we, or a misconception I'd like to address is a lot of us think, well, I don't have the gift. So and so has the gift, you know, Riley has the gift, so Riley should be doing evangelism and and I'll I'll be sitting here and, and pray, but that is a total misunderstanding of what God has called us to. Yeah, it may be your gift, but generosity might not be my gift, but I'm still called to be generous, still called to be kind, still called to lead and serve, right? All those things. So the command of God on every believer, all God's people, to go and share their faith is, I think, a sign of spiritual maturity happening. So when we say, oh, I don't have that gift, man, I, I think we're missing the heart of, of God on that because it's not easy. I, I look around at some of my coworkers, Rich and John and, and Barnaby, some of the guys you've had up on this show. And I was like, man, one day I wish I could have that kind of boldness. But I'm learning to step out in boldness in my own way, too, because that is what God has called us to. Not to have all the answers, not doing our own power, but trusting in him because he is the one who has the power. So again, pushing through fear, pushing against the argument of, well, I don't, I don't have that gift. No, but you love Jesus, right? Yep. And you want to obey Jesus. Yep. You know, Jesus told you to go, right? That's where we need the boldness, right? When it doesn't naturally, supernaturally flow out of us as easily as, as it might with others. So yeah, right. There's a lot of misconceptions, but all of them are overcomeable. Overcomeable.
1: We can overcome. Overcomeable. It's a word. Overcomable. It's Not it is now.
0: It, it should so, be. So yep.
1: okay, we're gonna think of boldness for today's show. Courage to speak when I might be tempted to be silent. And what we want to do after the break is we're gonna get into the uh, the Bible together. And uh, Andy, we're gonna have you kind of walk us through you know Acts four and five. And we're gonna actually look together and see together some keys uh, some from the Bible that'll help us grow in boldness. But before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break.
2: it's Heather. What if you could spend one week this summer with like-minded students that love Jesus and together want to reach this generation with the gospel? I want to invite you to join us for Decision Points Student Leader Conference 2024. Come be equipped to live, stand, and witness and even endure for Christ in your everyday life. We'll be there in Denver, Colorado this summer, July 15th to the 19th. Students, youth pastors, and leaders will gather from across the country to worship the Lord, be trained up, prayed up, and then go back to reach their schools and generation with the gospel. Dynamic guest speakers will equip you in your faith. We'll talk apologetics. You'll hear from culturally relevant speakers that don't shy away from a biblical worldview, equipping you in even hard conversations you may face today. Come, be trained in your leadership. Hear how to reach your school and peers for Christ and grow in your evangelism as we get to go downtown witnessing in Denver. You'll get to meet like-minded believers that will encourage you and even build lasting friendship. You'll have unforgettable memories and truly it is a week that can change everything. I can't wait to be at SLC 2024 with students like you from across the nation. So what are you waiting for? Go register today slc2024.org. Tell your youth pastor about it. Come with a group of students from your youth group or Christian club and register today at slc2024.org. That's slc2024.org.
1: Hey, well, welcome back. We're gonna uh, get into the topic of boldness now by getting into the Bible together. Uh, so, hey, if you're listening and you're not driving a car or you're not out, you know, on a run, and you got your Bible nearby, you might want to grab it. You don't have to. We'll be reading it for you, but we're going to be in Acts chapter four and chapter five, starting. And I'll just get us into it. Andy, uh, in Acts chapter four, verse one through four says this: "And as they were speaking to the people." Uh, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. And I guess just to set the context, we're talking about Peter and John. They're in the temple courtyard, and they're preaching about Jesus. That's right. Uh, But the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the political leaders of the day were, I love this word, greatly annoyed. Greatly annoyed. (laughs) Greatly annoyed. I didn't look up the Greek, but there's something funny about that. Like. Ah, oh, you rascals, what are you guys doing here? You know, uh, Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And of course, Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead, so they were greatly annoyed. Uh, and then they arrested them. Well, that's taking it to a new level. And they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. So, okay, I think this just kind of helps us remember right out of the gate, if we're going to be witnesses for Christ today, we're going to need some boldness because uh, people are going to be greatly annoyed. We're going to try to be gracious and filled with the Spirit so they're not annoyed just because we are being obnoxious, right? And I think the apostles were were dialed in, but still people were greatly annoyed and people are going to come against them and people will come against us. Uh, I have yet to be arrested for preaching, but I know believers around the world are arrested and worse. Uh, but we exactly. know students today are going to they're going to have people coming against them in one way, shape or form. So we're going to need boldness. But then skipping down to verse uh, 13 uh, to 14, I know this is maybe a couple of your favorite verses in the passage. Maybe you could they take are. us into those verses and one of the first keys that we see for how to have boldness in our life today.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, but to point out, you know, they were bold. And then they were persecuted. Right. So like, what, what do we see? You know, we got, we also see that over 5,000 men. So who knows women and children, maybe 15,000 people accepted him. Why? And it says, because they heard the word and believed. So it's so key that we share that word. Right. But I do, I love this. So uh, this was after Jesus was, was, you know, crucified and brought back to life and the, the religious leaders didn't believe it. And then we get this in verse 13 of Acts chapter four, it says, now when they, the religious leaders saw the boldness, what did they see? Mark? The boldness. When they saw their boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. And then they were astonished. Why? Look at this. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. The Jesus that they killed, the religious leaders now know that Jesus is back and that this is all legit, right? You would expect them to be stoked and excited. But that's not what we see. It says they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who was standing beside them, they could say nothing in opposition. So... These, these religious leaders get on Peter and John and they say, stop preaching, but they don't care. They were bold. And it was that boldness itself that indicated that Jesus is real, that something is different. These men who were cowards. I mean, last time these religious leaders saw these disciples is when they weren't there, when Jesus needed them. They were all there, but none of the disciples were. So these, these, things, these guys went from, from cowards to these champions. And what was it? Well, clearly they must have been with Jesus. And so that's the key. That's the key to glorifying God in in all of this with our story is to be bold and to pray for boldness. These guys were coward and now they were champions. And I've experienced that in my own life. And Hopson, I imagine you guys have, you have too at, at some point. But the truth is, hear this, Jesus changes everything. There was nothing, they were uneducated, uncommon, nothing special about them, except that they had been with Jesus, And so if this is you, if you're going, man, what's the first key that I need if I want to be bold for sharing my faith is you need to spend time with Jesus, right? Because if you spend time with Jesus, it will change you because he changes everything. So the first step to reaching your friends is spend time with Jesus. And you can ask yourself, honestly, if your life is not displaying the love of Christ to others with boldness, it's probably because you haven't spent and aren't spending enough time with Jesus. Because when you do, that naturally flows into everything else that happens, right? And that's the key. They were bold.
1: They were bold. And I love how even we see the, the boldness was part of even the confirmation of the message that they believed, even partly because of their boldness. And, you know, back to our misconceptions, I think we can think of boldness as a turnoff. But here, I mean, it was a major, you know, validation of their message. And that's how it is. Like I mean, If they're believing something about a man who died, was buried, and rose again— and they saw this with their own eyes, and that that man, you know, forgave their sins through his death, and then came back to life. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you would expect somebody to have a great sense of confidence about it, if it right. was true and if they really believed it. So, I mean, we can kind of undermine our own efforts when we uh, act oh, like we don't actually believe what we say we believe. And uh, but again, I love that key. We got to be with Jesus. So, okay, the story goes on. Uh, In Acts 14, um, sorry, Acts 4, 15 to 18, uh, it keeps going. And we want to keep looking through the story to learn more about boldness here. So so when they had commanded them, okay, so they put them in chains, they arrest them. And then they command them uh, to leave the council. They conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? Uh, For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Like you can't deny something's going on here and we can't deny it. But in order that they may spread it no further among the peoples, let us warn them no more uh, to speak in Jesus' name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Uh, But Peter and John aren't buying it. They keep going. It says, But Peter and John answered whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God. You're going to have to judge, for we cannot speak, uh, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and hurt so you know i think there's this the second principle that we want to look at here for boldness is one well we're going to have to be with jesus but then two you know when push comes to shove we're going to have to be people who fear god uh not fear man and i love how you had just some great just great application of this so i'd love for you to just expound on that how do you see that as a an essential part of being leaders of boldness for ourselves today
0: yeah well i mean let's ask the question to, to those who are listening uh what is in your life that is showing people that, that you've spent time with Jesus, right? And, and what, what about your life is saying, hey, no matter what comes against me, I'm, I'm going to choose Jesus. Because listen, you're going to find opposition, right? Uh, whether it's from school administrators, what are you going to do when you're told, hey, stop bringing your Bible to school, stop sharing your faith, stop wearing Christian t-shirts, stop handing out tracts. <laughs> that is going to come, right? And that's basically what, what the, the leaders were saying to, to Peter and John here. But we're not going to stop. Right? They didn't stop. They said, you must decide, is it right to obey God rather than man? And the truth is, we need to fear God and not men. And so even though people are going to come and say, don't do this, you shouldn't do that. Uh, you're, you're being rude. You're, you're being offensive with the gospel. Well, my man, that's, that's the truth, right? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, that the gospel is foolishness, it's folly to those who are perishing, right? And Peter tells us in in 1 Peter 2 that, that the, the gospel is a stumbling block of offense to those who are perishing. It is. I mean, we're calling people to die to themselves. We're, we're calling them to uh, admit that they are sinners, that they've been living wrongly and repent in turn. Like, that can be offensive. What do you mean I'm not living right? But yet, in the face of that and not wanting to offend, uh, I think is a, a cultural idolatry that we need to get through. And that's no different than it was here. Peter and John were offending people and preaching the gospel, and they were told not to, and they said, hey, listen, we love you, nothing but respect. And they were quite respectful, but they said, we will obey God rather than man. And there's this beautiful verse in in Galatians 1.12 where Paul asks the question, he says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So the first key is we need to spend time with Jesus if we want to be bold. But the second key that we see here is that we need to decide, resolve, that we are going to fear God and not man. Because I promise you that temptation will come where you're going to want to give in to those pressures. And you say, no, I'm all in with Jesus. That that, that happens ahead of time. Right? Okay, so we saw these guys get arrested again, right? They're imprisoned. They're threatened with their life. Hobson, let me ask you, if, if you were threatened with violence or with um, all these consequences, maybe it's even suspension, how would you respond when you're being commanded not to live for Jesus? What, what, what might your response be?
1: Oh, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be knocking it out of the park, Andy. I don't know about you, but.
0: <laughs> I hope when I grow up, man, if I grow up, I hope to be a lot like you. If, I, <laughs> if I'm honest, man, like I have to sit in the, that and really kind of wonder, like, how would I respond? I might, I might look to God and go like, God, are you serious? Like I was out here serving you. I was out here living for you. I I had your back. Why didn't you have mine? Why did you allow me to get arrested? Why are you making this so difficult for me? Right? I feel like that's kind of how my response would be, but that's not at all what we see. Let's pick it up. Next verse in verse 23, Acts chapter four, verse 23. How would these guys respond? So when they were released, they went to their friends. I love that. So first of all, Peter and John were the ones up front, but were they the only ones on this team, on this crew, trying to reach the lost? Yes or no? No, right? Not at all. So they left. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Guys, can you imagine? They were so mean. Can you imagine? They were so brutal. They told us we weren't allowed to share. So I'm not sure what we're going to do. That's not what we see. What does the text say? It says, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. What a a beautiful principle. Guys, we need to pray. And so they did. Together they prayed. And this is how they started. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and everything that is in that. So let, let's let's not miss the third key here. If you want to be bold and you' witness f- for the gospel, you need to do it in community. You need to huddle with your crew. It wasn't just James and John, they had an army that they prayed with that gave them encouragement, that helped them stay strong when the, the temptation was to be weak and maybe not be quite as bold. So what did they do in the face of opposition? They prayed, they prayed, they prayed. Why? Because they believed that God is sovereign. Meaning that, that God is in complete control, that he is way out ahead of them on this, and they just need to be obedient, right? So that's what we see. So what would we ask? <laughs> what would we ask God for if we were threatened with violence, if we were threatened with expulsion, if we were threatened for all those things? I got to tell you, in my own heart, I'd be wanting safety and security. I'd say, God, why is this hard stuff happening? And that just reveals in my own heart the idolatry of safety and comfort as though those are the most important things as though God would never call me to something that might jeopardize those things in my life. Oh my, oh my, he calls me to that all the time. Die to yourself. Go be bold, live strong. Right? So what is the prayer that they prayed? Let's finish the end of it. Mark, uh, acts four twenty nine, 29. And it says, now Lord look upon their threats. And again, here you'd expect God help the keep us safe. Don't make sure. Wipe, the threats them, out. Wipe, Wipe them out. Wipe them out. But this is just so, and this needs to hit us like a ton of bricks in our culture today. Listen, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. God, don't make this easy for us. God, don't make this smooth for us. Give us the tough legs to endure this. Give us boldness that we will not stop speaking while you stretch out your hand and you perform signs and wonders in your name and through your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the whole place in which they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with what's the word? All boldness. So what did they pray for? Boldness. And that's my whole point today, Mark. This is what we need to walk away from with, right? We, we need to have this attitude of boldness. We need to be willing to stand up for Christ, even if it means we stand alone. And our Decision Point students are doing that better than anyone I've ever seen, quite honestly, Mark. And I've been in student ministry and working with teenagers ever since I stopped being one. But the students we're working with right now are displaying this so well. But we need to be bold in front of our classmates, in front of our students, in front of our teachers. Now this won't be easy but again they started their prayer with sovereign lord like we believe that god is in control and we believe that god is good he loves us and he's for us man that empowers us to do everything that we need to do here and he's given us the holy spirit just like he gave them to be witnesses today we have it so we can be witnesses
1: isn't that cool that's amazing so there's so much in this passage acts four to five if you you got to just study it there's so many great principles here for how to make sure we have boldness in our lives today and, uh, but we want to get to the last one. So we just talked about how, okay, yeah. the, the gift of friendship, how you can huddle with your crew, and that can be a great way. What yeah. a gift that Don't God gave alone. these guys. I mean, yes, he was with them. Um, yep. Yes, they could pray for boldness, but the gift of spiritual friendship to huddle with your crew, people who are on mission for Jesus together, and then to pray together— uh, what a gift that is. And then right. I also love that sometimes you can see Jesus, you know, sometimes often throughout the book of Acts, you see how Jesus training of his disciples uh, in the gospels you know, actually worked, you know, surprise, surprise. And you, know, you think about, boy, these guys should sure responded differently uh, to the threats here than they did to people rejecting them back in the gospels. I like back in the gospels, right. they actually did pray, Lord, I mean, are we is this the time we get to call down fire from heaven on these guys? Yeah. And Jesus had to say, nope, <laughs> that's not got it. got lots to learn. Yeah. Uh, and here, that's the furthest thing from their mind. They're just praying for boldness to keep at it. So let's make sure we're praying for boldness as well. Well, Mark, okay. imagine
0: if, if, if you or I tried to do this on our own, like how far, how far would you have made it without the team around you or without the team around us? Like, guys, if you're listening to this and you're trying to do it on your own, you're doing it wrong. Invite others into the mission with you. There you go. Just want to make sure. Yeah, that
1: I mean, it's good, but I mean, also sometimes you have to stand alone. I mean, there you were the oh, only that, Christian in the totally. whole state. You say in Austria, and yeah, so you got to trust God to say, yeah. okay, even if I'm Daniel and I'm behind enemy lines and I can't find anybody else, I'm still going to be faithful and be bold. But of course, we have a church. We've got a community. We've got. You've got decision point here to support the you, and country, country. you Absolutely. So yeah. let's look at the fifth principle just briefly as we close. Acts 5 uh, it continu- the story continues on and I love this verse uh, in verse 40 to 42 um, how they get they get rearrested. okay they're like they get, oh we already <laughs> third we done, time. we done told you knock it off. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. and you didn't knock it off and so now we're rearresting you and um, they beat them. They charged them again not to speak in Jesus' name, and then they let them go. And then I love this line. It just hit me afresh as we were looking at this the show today. Then the disciples, uh, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the for the name. And yeah, that's a great word. I think the, maybe the fifth one I'd love to just share with our students today is we got to count it. a a privilege anytime we have to suffer for Jesus. And I like how it's like they're suffering, not just the affliction. I mean, they got beaten, but there's also a lot of shame that goes with that. There's some dishonor that goes with that, Uh, but they count it worthy. So uh, how would you,
0: did they? What's that? Hmm. I said, they didn't care about the shame and the honor. They They, they went all in on team Jesus. Yeah. And I love that. It says in verse 40, right? So when they had called the apostles in, they beat them and charged them again, a third time, not to speak in Jesus name. And then let them go. And then they left the presence of the council beaten and wounded and sad and confused about why God would let this hardship. No, dude, that's not at all what we see. They left the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy of what? To suffer. Why? On the count of his name. And it says the very next verse. And every day, not some of the time, not a little bit of the time. Every day they were in the temple, went from house to house, and they did not cease teaching and preaching. So that's the takeaway, man. Like if you get to suffer on account of God and the gospel, you are blessed. I mean, First Peter, the whole book is about that. But listen, if you get the chance to suffer for doing the wrong thing, well, that's on you. But if you get a chance to suffer for being honest and for being loving, because Mark, let me say this too, if you have the gospel and, and you choose not to share it with a lost person... That is literally, quite literally, the most unloving thing that we as Christians can do is withhold the life-saving gospel from someone, especially on account of our insecurity or, or our fear or our not wanting to offend them. Man, I'd rather offend them and see them in heaven than try to placate them and appease them and then miss out on the opportunity, right? So I love that these guys were all in from the very beginning. They were bold with Jesus. They had spent time together in community. They, They, as a result, then sought their suffering as... A glory as a blessing from god and they were stoked about it i think mark at least i don't know again maybe not you but i need to learn to rejoice in my suffering a bit more i understand that suffering is a grace but how stoked am i when i suffer for christ i need to i need to grow in that area and i hope my students do too
1: well i like how the bible says it like count it joy because it's not how you naturally think nobody likes to get beaten that's for sure Nobody likes yeah. to be made fun of, that's for sure. So it's not the natural impulse of our hearts. But So I love the, the, the verb there. they counted it a joy and the commands yeah. in scripture about having this mindset are often that same verb of consider it a joy where you yeah. have to actually yep. make a decision that's not how it feels. That's right. not what I naturally would have liked. I would have rather the fifteen thousand people come to know the Lord <laughs> than the, Yeah, right? Give me the more of dishonor that. part here, Lord, but you let right. me have the dishonor part. But wait a minute, you suffered for me in light of all that you've done for me. Yeah. And in light of the high just company of Christians around the world that have suffered for you, man, I'm gonna count this a privilege. I I right. haven't been arrested uh for sharing the gospel, but I got I got the closest yeah, I got we'll get you like, there. I did get the, the cops called one time as we were out sharing the gospel and we had a chance to share with a a middle school student who was so interested in hearing about the Lord. And I mean, he was eating it up, but these grownups that had no relationship to this guy whatsoever, no relationship to him whatsoever thought, how dare these people be out sharing the gospel and with a, with a middle schooler nonetheless, you know, like, and I mean, they raised, you know, so much havoc. I mean, you effing this, you effing that, and they're in my face. And, I mean, they're just going for it, calling me all sorts of vile names. And I, don't, I mean, I don't care. I don't know these people. I don't know anybody around. But now everybody out there at the park is watching. And they're like, man, if you don't leave, we're calling the police right away. And so, of course, they they call the police. And so finally the police shows up. and. I was with a buddy, so I had had my buddy continue on the conversation with the young man. I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if he didn't come to know the Lord through that because he was so interested, even despite all of this chaos. I love that. He's telling my buddy, yeah, I want to hear what you guys have to say. These guys are just making it all weird. I wish they'd knock it off. But in that moment, you don't feel like this is awesome. You feel, I mean, even as someone who doesn't embarrass easily, you you feel a little bit of it. But wait a minute, Jesus says- It's got to be more than
0: a feeling. That's why it's a joy,
1: right? Not, dude,
0: he says, count it all joy. Like, the fullest amount of joy that you can muster and can contain should be expressed towards suffering for his name. I mean, if you are listening to this, like, what would make you the happiest? If Taylor walked into your classroom right now, and I, of course I mean Taylor Swift, I know that she's huge on this program, big fan, right? Uh, if she walked in, you might feel this, one. I can't believe it! Like, That same kind of joy we are called to experience towards suffering, right? Like it's crazy. It's paradigm shifting, right? And these guys in the story of Acts 4 and 5 model that so well for us.
1: So wear it as a badge of honor. That's right. So, well, Andy, thanks so much for being here with us today. You're such an inspiration to me and to so many. And it's just a joy to be working with you. Thanks for encouraging us from the word uh, together today. Any final words of encouragement you have to students listening today?
0: Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. In the next 45 minutes that I have left. No, I'm just kidding, man. But there's so much.
1: Cut his mic. Cut his mic. It's all done. No.
0: So hear this, guys. Again, walking away from this, pray for boldness, right? Pray for boldness. And and I I would give you this challenge too. stop. Praying for safety. Did you hear that? Stop praying for safety. That, that is not the goal. That is not the mission. That is not what God has called us to. God's heart is not to spare us from hardship on account of his name. It's to sustain us through hardship by the power of his name. He calls us to tough things, to hard things. He says, take up your cross. He says, everyone who wants to follow me and live a life of godliness should expect persecution. If we're not experiencing persecution, I tell you, we are not living as boldly and as loudly as we should. So stop praying for safety, pray for strength and boldness and that God will show you grace, right? Um, But I think my final takeaway, and this has been my challenge to students as I've working with them here and sharing the vision for them for Colorado Springs. There's this beautiful verse in in Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus is telling Peter that he's his rock. And he says, I will build my church. And then comes this really cool part. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I used to think of that meaning, oh, the church is going to struggle, but we'll win in the battle. I used to think of gates as offensive, but they're not. Gates are defensive. So what is the promise That Jesus is giving us. He says, The gates of hell will not withstand the onslaught of the gospel. That is a promise. The gates of hell, hell will get smaller. So, students, we've already been told that we will be successful in our mission, that God is gonna go get those sheep. He's gonna expand his kingdom, and that means the gates of hell will get smaller. So, that's what I'm calling us to do, to boldly storm the gates of hell with the beautiful truth of the gospel, trusting in him. We are called to be faithful, right? We need to plant and water, First Corinthians says, but God is the only one who gives the growth. So we let go of that. That's not up to us. We're trusting God with the growth. We just need to be faithful and he will be the one to bring that growth. So that's my encouragement. Wherever you are, if you feel like a little inspired by this, storm the gates of hell, we win. That's a promise from Jesus. We win. That's
1: great. I, one of my pastors told me about a, a friend of his who was so inspired by that passage. He talked about, you know, you got to have your gate kicking boots on because we got to oh, go kicking gates. And so, you, you know, his way yeah. of admonishing fellow believers is, "Hey, you got your gate kicking boots on today?" <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: that's that's mine now. That's so, yours
1: now. You, you can use
0: it. That's mine now. So, okay,
1: uh, we've talked a lot about our student leadership conference this summer, July 15 to 19. 2024 Denver Colorado Uh, go to slc2024.org to learn more Uh, we've got a tremendous week lined up where students and youth leaders from around the nation are going to be gathered and it just does it has that just catalytic energizing effect on staff students youth leaders alike to be in a room full of people that are just getting it done for the lord i know i grow every time i know our staff grow every time and students man they're forming forming like-minded bonds with people across the country we got great speakers andy is actually going to be one of them so if you want to hear more of andy uh, <laughs> preaching great in speakers your face and andy. And, great speakers <laughs> and andy <laughs> oh
0: man nice smart thanks for that so
1: make sure to come uh, Andy, as we close, I'd love it. Would you just close us in a word of prayer for students today? Yeah, Mark, I'll pray. But before I do that, I just wanted
0: to say this. I've been to, as a student ministry pastor and all these different things, I've been to 30, 40 conferences, retreats, weekend stuff. There is nothing like the student leadership conference I experienced this past summer, that it's come even close to empowering students to go live for Jesus. And I'm not saying that now that I work for the organization, I'm just saying, you guys have done an incredible job. And if students come, life will change. I'll give you this warning. Youth pastors, do not send your students unless you really want your youth group to change because it will, they will not come back the same. So no one's asked me to make that plug. Just let me tell you, this leadership conference is something special. God is at work. And if you want to see change in your community, consider sending your, your, your students. All right, dude, that's enough out of you. Let's pray. Here we go. Oh, father, what a joy to know you, to serve you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you that in the gospel, we are made right with God, by God. I thank you that the gospel tells us that we are eternally secure and that we are eternally loved, Father, and that we can live out of that space. Father, in this conversation around boldness, uh, I pray that that would increase in all of us. Everyone who can hear my voice right now, Father, through your Holy Spirit, would you cause them to be burdened for the need for boldness, that when they are confronted with hardship and trials and obstacles and opposition, that they would not pray for safety, Lord, but that we would pray for boldness to do the right thing in the midst of fear. Father, we know that you call us not to happiness, but to holiness. So Father, may that be the the ethos of what we're trying to do. God, respond to your holiness with gratitude and obedience that we would share our faith. Jesus, would you raise up a generation as you already are? So we praise you for that. Raise up a generation who was willing to stand and serve and witness for Christ, even if it means they stand alone because they genuinely believe that you are worth it. God, I pray that you would equip all of us with gate kicking boots. Lord, that we would all understand that this is a part for everyone, all of God's people play a role in this mission, to go and see the lost, redeemed, and reached with the beautiful, profound truth of the gospel. So, Father, we trust you. We love you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus and what he's done for us. And it's in his beautiful name that we pray for your glory and for the good of us, your people. And all God's people said... Amen. 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 Andy, amen. thanks for
1: being here. My Guys, man, thanks for my listening. Pleasure. As always, follow us on your favorite podcast app. Go to YouTube, hit subscribe. While you're there, uh, smash the like button if you would share it with a friend smash it just obliterate it and then listen whatever you do make sure you share this episode with christians in your life share it with every student in your youth group every student that goes to your public school share it on your social media so they can be encouraged and challenged to be people of boldness as well make sure you come back next week we got a special guest uh, author natasha crane author of the book called faithfully different that is gonna help us know how we can stand for Christ, committed to the Bible's teaching in a world that's full of secular ideology that's even infiltrating the church. You're not gonna wanna miss it. We'll see you next time.